listening to the Unity Society podcast. This is episode seven, and uh, I am Dita Randolph. And I'm Jenny Randolph. As we gather around, we, we have been inundated with people talking to us about something that was just supposed to be a momentary diversion in last week's episode of the podcast, had to do with the TV shows we're watching. So I think we, it's t- we need to do a real quick update on The Young Pope. On The Young Pope? Well, we finished it. So that's that's a good thing. Mm. Is it a good thing? Yeah, I think that it's it's kind of what we thought. I think that uh, there's these moments where it's hard. You know, it's like you people are living with this sense of something divine and beautiful and big, and there's this infinite bigness that in our own way we've tried to touch and think about and, and dwell on. And I have to believe, I said this last week, I have to believe that Spending your time thinking about that makes you a good person on some level. And there's an awful lot of stuff where the people on the show are just being jerks. Did you like it? Yeah. In spite of myself, I did. And I'll tell you why. First of all, it's very well done. Everybody is a good actor. It's it's I, it's an interesting style that it's shot in. It's kind of like the Catholic Twin Peaks in a way. Did you feel that? It really is. It's surreal. There's surreal moments when he's getting dressed... Yeah, and, and they play I'm sexy and I know I'm it. I'm sexy and I know it. And the Pope is getting dressed and that's, you know, I'm not giving any spoilers. No, I don't want to do that. But that is a very surreal part of it. It's it's very odd. I don't know. I'm still undecided. I don't know if I liked it or not. I ultimately liked the message. And I think that this is where you're going to go with it. Maybe so. I think that part of the message of the show, whether it's intended or not, I couldn't tell you. The Pope in this show is not a nice person. No. He is difficult and egotistical mm-hmm. and, you know, politically he's just destroying people left and right. And yet there's something really interesting. First of all, everything he does works. He wins. Every You know, it always works. And he also is bulletproof you know people try to blackmail him yeah or or, you know create some kind of scandal cut him Mm -hmm. down one way or another it always works and his position is we're going to get back to what really matters what we really believe in and we are going to be in integrity with that you know the very first episode of this podcast we talked about identity and authenticity in other words Be clear about what you say and live up to what you say. And the thing that I keep coming back to is the main character in this show is authentic. It just so happens that the sign that he carries is not one that I'm interested in or agree with. It's, in fact, parts of it that are downright frightening to me. However, there's I think the message is be authentic and things will work. Yeah, but what's the deal with the kangaroo? Honestly. Well, that's, yeah. Okay, so if you're listening to this and you've seen it, please email us or tweet us or get in touch with us somehow and let us know what the heck. Yeah, I've been through all of the Joseph Campbell stuff, the Jungian archetypes. I'm not sure (laughs) what the kangaroo represents. What the kangaroo means. But there's actually like a minor miracle that takes place. Yes. Okay, well, we're getting Uh, getting spoilers. Too much. I don't want to make a young Pope cast. There probably is one already. I I, know. I ultimately, I understood what they were trying to say, but ultimately I didn't enjoy watching it. It wasn't fun to watch. It was... It was hard to watch. Mm-hmm. and It was work. It sure. was work. And so I think ultimately didn't, wouldn't recommend it to a friend. However, love Victoria. I needed to pick me up after the young Pope. Oh, you got so I it. started, I started watching Victoria. Have you, I think you've seen a couple episodes of it, but yeah, I, no, I'm down. I, I, it mostly made me want to watch Downton Abbey again, but that's yeah, a separate well, it's masterpiece, but yeah. I binged it. I binged a couple of the episodes without you. So you have to catch up now, but, um, I know I'm cheating. I'm cheating on that's you, all right. I forget but, you. uh, it's, I love it. I love it. So then I got really interested and I wanted to see how Queen Victoria was related to Queen Elizabeth because Queen Elizabeth is getting ready to celebrate her sapphire um, anniversary as as queen. Mm-hmm. And she is the only one that has ever done it. And I knew that Queen Victoria had a very long reign, but it, Queen Elizabeth has now reigned longer than she did. But Queen Victoria had a 63 three year 
eight-month reign. And she and Albert had nine kids. And all of that was happening during the same time that Unity was being founded. Was being and founded. That. So there's some and interesting... So it was some, yeah, I, I once it. I kind of got into the history of it, it was very, very interesting. From what I can tell, Queen Victoria is Queen Elizabeth's great, great grandmother. Well, and I always go back to the... I mean, for, for one thing, I'm an Anglophile, can't help it. I grew up with English stuff, you know, Doctor Who, Monty Python, the whole thing. PBS was big in our house, p- partly because we lived in the middle of nowhere and cable had not been a thing yet. That's how old I am, boys and girls. But anyway, so I'm automatically predisposed to be interested in that stuff. But I can't help but think about Queen Elizabeth. She's got that great quote, and I don't know it verbatim, but the basic idea is she said something like, if you put me down anywhere with just the clothes on my back... I would ascend to royalty. And the idea is because I know who I am. Because I know who I am, And yeah. that is a unity thing to say. You know, be I self-possessed because God-possessed. Yeah, you know? I love that. And there's something really beautiful about when you know who you are, the other stuff tends to work out. So, watch TV, kids. <laughs> right? Well, you know, because the crown... We, we binged the crown, and so now it's like we, we go to Victoria. So that's... Look, it is what it is. Yeah. I'm just, but it's it's fabulous. I love it. Look, we talk about being in the world. There's great things. There's beautiful things. We're not interested in living a cloistered life. One of the things I wanted to talk about that happened and is also gonna happen is uh, we recorded an episode of the Yes and podcast, and that's with uh, an old buddy of ours, a guy named Travis Thomas. He's got a a great great website, LiveYesAnd.com. And his podcast, The Weekly Yap, uh, Yes and Podcast, is just great. I've been listening to it for a long time, and it's kind of a neat story because Travis is a good friend of somebody who is a good friend of ours. His name is Josh, and we went to YOU with Joshy. We were teenagers together. Joshy is now our lawyer, and uh, just a, a, a wonderful good guy, good friend. I did his wedding to Christy a million years ago. And so we've been in this orbit together for a very long time. And Travis and I have communicated through the internet for a very long time and never gotten to actually... We've never physically met in yeah. person. So I think we're going to try to change that yeah, this year. Yeah, no. And I absolutely... He's a great guy. And Travis's idea is, you know, this live, live yes and idea is, if you know anything about improv you know that you're supposed to yes and things. When people improvise together on stage, you don't say no, you don't negate. So you say yes to what's going on and then you build on it. And so his approach, and he's got a great book called Three Words for Getting Unstuck, Live Yes And, and we're going to talk more about that some other time. But check out that book. If you follow Unity Society on Instagram, there's some stuff about it already out there. And by the way, you should really follow Unity Society on Instagram. But anyway, Travis is a skilled improviser. And so the book is about saying yes to life and building on it. I love that sentiment. But also, when we knew that when we'd be on his podcast, we were in good hands because Anything that happened, he'd be ready for, and he was just such a wonderful guiding presence in that. We had a great time in our discussion. We, you know, we were there to talk about our book, Branching In, The Journey from Alone to All One, available at Amazon.com and a bookstore near you. But uh, we should actually, the next book should have that in the title. You think? But anyway, we were there to talk about Branching In, but the truth is the discussion went everywhere. We talked about politics a little bit and parenthood and marriage and just a million things, and it was just so much fun fun to sort of play with him and we have decided that there's going to be a time once we really feel like we've got our ducks in a row with this podcast there's going to be a time when we bring guests on uh, periodically maybe once a month or something like that we'll figure that out but Travis is absolutely going to be one of the first guests we have because it was just so much fun and it was so neat to talk to him and the hour flew by oh yeah and it's kind of cool because uh, Travis and his wife are uh, from a Christian science background. And if you know your unity history, Christian science is kind of a cousin tradition. Mary Baker Eddy, who started Christian science, had a student named Emma Curtis Hopkins. Emma Curtis Hopkins had a couple of students named Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, who, of course, start unity. And Ashley Hopkins' students started all of the major New Thought traditions, including religious science, divine science, homes of truth, and so on and so on and so on. So it's really kind of neat to get to talk to a cousin and, and have that experience of, yeah, same but different. Isn't that cool? And so, so much fun. But once again, Travis's website is liveyesand.com. We've got to have him on the show sometime. But by the time you are hearing this, 
will be on the next episode of the podcast. Right. So check out his website and you can get links or find his podcast on iTunes, wherever else you listen to podcasts. But that was so much fun. But that is not the biggest story that happened to us. Oh, there was a, it was pretty cool this week. So as most of you know, I think we've talked about it on the podcast Mm -hmm. before. Dieter and I, a couple of times a week, go out and we take our morning walks. It's just kind of our time together. We usually go out right as the sun is coming up and we watch the sun rise over the water. There's almost always dolphins. It is such a Florida thing to do, right? It really is. And it never gets old. It's always gorgeous. It's always beautiful. And... We walk a couple of miles and we get a cup of coffee and then we walk a couple of miles back and we usually take about an hour, an hour and a half, you know, just kind of being together and talking about life and... It's really how we wrote our our book. It's mm-hmm. kind of in, it really in conversations, walking to and, you know, to get up, get a little bit of exercise, get a cup of coffee that undoes whatever exercise we got mm-hmm. and walk back in that time. We, we just, that's our time. That's, right. It's self-care and, and more than that. Well, and it, it brings us inspiration and new ideas. And like I said, sometimes when we're just trying to work out life's problems, it gives us a beautiful natural platform in order to do that. Oh, and when I think about how many things that we've just sort of broken through together, mm-hmm. thought through, figured out, or decided we didn't need to figure out, you know, on those walks... It's just really awesome. And, and if you're listening to this, uh, well, if you're not listening to this, you don't know what I'm saying, so I guess it doesn't matter. But if you are listening to this, I, I hope that you have some kind of thing like that. I, I think that one of the things that Unity doesn't do very well is ritual. We talked about that a little bit when we talked about the burning bowl thing a few episodes ago. But find a ritual that lets you get out of yourself. That you can trust the process a little bit. So much of life is trusting the process. So find something like that. For us, one of the million rituals that we have is going to North Shore Park and walking along the water and ending up in downtown at Kawa Coffee. You know, and they know us there. They got our order ready when they see us coming. Just like this morning, it's yep. so much fun. Yeah. But yeah. But anyway, anyway so, so what was what was happening is um, earlier in the week, um, it was a Monday, and usually Monday mornings. It's pretty active. There's a there's a lot of people out. Because a lot people of people feel bad about well, the weekend. I think it for a lot of folks, it's hey, my new week is starting. I'm gonna do it this week. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be get out there I'm and gonna, run or whatever. Right. Yeah. I'm gonna mm-hmm. get my exercise in order. I'm gonna take care of myself, and I love that. I love Monday morning having it be start of a new week i'm on fire i'm passionate about this i'm out here doing something with and i had hot fudge on saturday night so i'm gonna undo that whatever whatever. but it was very dead very few cars in the parking lot very few people and it wasn't even particularly cold outside no it felt like maybe daylight savings time happened and we didn't know it you know somebody didn't send us the memo it was weird it was very but it was very peaceful and so we were walking along and we get probably halfway to the coffee shop. We were on the way to the coffee place. There's a cameraman, you know, and a guy with a microphone kind of walking through, uh, I guess that's, uh, was that Vinoy Park right, right there? Right by, the, right, right by the art museum. And they come towards us, and it's a reporter and his cameraman. And the reporter says, hey, I'm so-and-so from the local... From the local ABC. ABC affiliate. I'm the, right. I'm the weekend anchor. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're getting people's opinions about something that uh, Mayor Kreisman... Uh, the mayor of St. Petersburg, uh, Florida, the finest city in the face of the earth, something that the mayor did, do you have an opinion about it? And of course we did because we're opinionated people. Well, and we love this city. And we're, as you might have guessed by by what I say about it all the time, we really love this city. I got to tell you, I've lived a few places. I know you've lived at a lot of places. This is the first town I've ever lived in where I really felt a sense of local pride. You know what I mean? But anyway, we both had an opinion. And they, so they say, okay, well, we're going to get you on camera. And they arrange us to get the lighting just right. And they're like, do you mind? And we're like, uh, no, because we're both hams. And Speak so 
so we <laughs> we do our little um, bits, and it. I mean, we both nail it in one take a piece. I mean, and it was so funny to see the cameraman and the reporter's reaction to that mm-hmm. because they were like, wow, usually we have to, that was really, they said that was really good. We usually have to sort of coax people or take a couple of takes, but that was perfect. And Yeah, do you have any experience public speaking? <laughs> and we and, laughed. And I got to tell you, there's, you know, there's a piece of me, I, I get up and I talk in front of groups of people all the time. Having a podcast is not necessarily an introverted thing to do. You know, we bear our souls in the book that we write and stuff like that. But there's a part of me that is a fairly private person. And so when he said, you know, that was really good, normally we have to sort of work, you know, we had to pull it out of people, whatever. There's a part of me that really just wanted to say, Thank you, and move on. Go get my coffee. And Jenny, you you were not there. You said... No, I opened my mouth, and I'm like, well, let me tell you. And I said, my husband's a minister, and we're public speakers, and we've just written a book. And all of a sudden, it And oh, turns. I'm sorry. The 12-year-old me inside was like, you know, I just... I felt myself shrink because I didn't want to go there, and it felt pushy, and it felt... It wasn't me. And I have to say that I was wrong. And I've actually told the version of this story in the class I taught last night when I was talking about love speaks up. And you spoke up. And you are an example of what love looks like oh, in so well, many ways. You. It's just true. But anyway, the cameraman and the reporter, I, I thought they'd be like, yeah, great, weirdo. You know, especially when you said minister. I'm used to people kind of, uh-oh, here we are. There's a nutcase. But... The cameraman said, well, tell me more about your book. And obviously, you know, Jenny and I have, we've done Sunday services. We've done talks. We've been on the radio. We talked to people. So we've gotten pretty good at, here's the elevator pitch. Here's what the book is about. And so Jenny did her version and, and I did mine. And I I was so happy in that moment to be out of my comfort zone. And, you know, life is about those moments. Stretch, grow, get out of the way. And so I did. And I'm so grateful for that because the cameraman and the the anchorman, Ron Burgundy, um, (laughs) looked at each other. And there was this moment of, I don't know what they were mind melding. And then they looked back at us and they said, well, you know, how would you guys like to be on TV? You know, I'm the anchor of the weekend show and, you know, let's get information. And so I gave him my email address and all of that. And we've spoken to him and it looks like we're going to be on, uh, they're going to do a story about us and, and what we do and, and um, they can't really talk about the book, but they can talk about... it can't the, be a commercial. It can't be a commercial, so they can talk about the ideas in the book and how we're living our lives and everything. And so we're still working on, quote-unquote, the angle of the story. I might put a, get a hat or something that says, you know, branchingin.com. Right? Make I'll, America I'll, branch again. <laughs> you wear a hat, I'll wear a t-shirt. Yeah. It'll be but, great. But And you know, the thing is, even if nothing came comes of that, right? the fact that the universe said, you know, if you put yourself out there... I like to think that just having a moment to talk about this idea, the branching in idea, even if that's all it was, yeah, was getting a moment. Now, we, like you said, we have communicated with these people and it looks like it's going to happen. But even if it never does, it was a really beautiful moment of validation. And I have to say it was also really fun for us to walk away. I was going to say that was my favorite part. It's like we, we walked away like, oh yeah, oh, we're totally all the cool. Time. Yeah. Like, yeah, this happens to us all the time. As soon as we got around the corner, as soon as we were out of sight, we totally freaked out and we're totally excited and turned into 10-year-olds again. And I think I hit you on the shoulder. (laughs) But, you know, but like I said, love speaks up. It was just so cool. It was cool. We were not cool, but it was cool. No, you were cool. I got there. (laughs) I I woke up, you know, I, I got out of my own way, but... I was glad to have my partner there to sort of to do that. So thank you for that. It was very, very cool. Well, as we move into the dig in section, um, we talking about just kind of going with the flow of things. Um, we wanted to talk about free will tonight. Yeah, this came up in a lot of different ways lately. And I was teaching a class. 
And I talked about, this is sort of a Unity 101 idea. And it is the idea of amen. You know, that we say that, you know, everybody, not just Unity people, of course, but we say that at the end of our prayers and stuff like that. And it is really important to understand that amen does not mean, please, oh, please, just this one time. You know, that is a statement of distance. Amen is a statement of unity, not the religious tradition, the concept of oneness. Amen means I agree with you, or more to the point, you got this. Right, I was going to say, it's done. That's yeah. what I always think That's of. what it means. And it's so funny, sometimes people say, and so it is, amen. Those are synonymous. Those are, right. It's like uh, it's like when you say ATM machine. Well, right. the M in the ATM M is, is automated teller machine. So right. you just said machine machine. It's when you say, and so it is, amen, you're saying the same thing twice. Whatever. If you've got to say it's done, it's done. So be it. But what it really means is... It's like a gangster. It's like it's like Jimmy Jimmy two times. <laughs> yeah, right. It's the episode of Goodfellas. But um, what it means is, I agree with you. You got this. In a funny way, it's like at the end of a political commercial. I approve this message. And so the point is, what amen really means is, I recognize that God is done. God has got this. This is really important. There is a school of thought, of theology, called process theology. And it's, it's a deep, highfalutin concept, but the nucleus of it is process theology says that, oh, well, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, it's because God's not done yet. And, you know, I get it. That's a convenient answer. And there are some very smart people that, that go down that road. And more power to them. It is a valid way to approach this. But it is not our way. In unity, we say, no, 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 we believe that God is absolutely done. All of the life, all of the love, all of the miracles, all of the allness of of the universe is already here. There is all of it present right now. God is not in process. God is done cooking. I'm not done. You're not done. God is that infinite, timeless, unchanging truth. There's no time in God. But there's time in me. I think it's an unsettling idea. I want God to be done. I want some some kind of assurance that, okay, something bigger than me has got this. I don't want God to be in process. Yeah, I don't well, want some Zeus kind of kind of idea of a God that is like, oh yeah, no, he can come down and make mistakes too and, yeah, well, and because be that's completely because, awful. That's because you're unity. Yeah. There are plenty of different ways to make yourself feel bigger by making God smaller. There are people that make God in their image instead of the other way around, and so they make God egotistical, selfish, small, limited. And they pray prayers like you would pray to an angry boss or an absentee landlord. And it's comforting on some level, but it is not ultimately empowering. It is not helpful. In other words, it's a cheap shot, in my view. You know, what do I know? But I can tell you what unity says about it. And in fact, I can tell you that the Bible is chock full of statements like, God is not a human that he should change his mind. Look that up. It's in there. In fact, it's in there a few times. The idea of God has already got this. Heaven is already in your midst and already done. There is no time in God, but there is time in you. And this is really important because one of the things it means is, let yourself off the hook a little bit. So often the question that comes up is, well, you say that there's one presence and one power and God and life and love and everything is right here. Great. Where's my miracle? How come? Where's that thing that I want? (laughs) Where's that growth, that breakthrough, that resolution, whatever you want? Where is it? And what we can say, there's more to say, but what we can start that conversation off with is by saying, look, the time it takes... It's just the time it takes for you to, to come around to it, to agree with God, to, most importantly, to use the gifts, to accept the miracle and to pay it forward, to be a part of that outpicturing in the world. Don't worry about it. Just do the next thing because that's the thing. Everybody knows what it feels like to be that little kid in the car on the way to Disney. You know, Are, are we, we there, there yet? 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 Are, are we, we there, there yet? yet? But you know bloody well that... You saying, are we there yet, makes it take longer. 
Oh, yeah. You know? And so don't do that to yourself. Because you're focusing on not being there yet. And if that's your focus, exactly, Mm -hmm. exactly. We increase what we praise. If that's what you focus on, it's going to seem further away. And so what I'm saying is... Well, it won't just seem further away. It will be further away. You're right. Absolutely. And so the point of this part is let yourself off the hook. Work on being the kind of person that says, you know what? The time it takes is the time it takes for me to just work through this, to let go. And like I said, the time it takes for your miracle is the time it takes for you to agree with God. It is already done. But here's the thing. Here's the next piece of this. That doesn't mean that, you know, if you're trying to manifest a Lincoln Continental, it doesn't mean that God's got that Lincoln Continental up in the clouds or something. It's not Santa's workshop. That's not what we're trying to say. We're trying to say that, like I said, all the life, the love, the potential, the the whatever it is, is in your midst as pure potentiality, unmanifest good. Your job is to make it manifest. And this is important because when we say, well, God has already done, there are those people that say, well, does that mean predestination? Mm-hmm. Does that mean I, I don't have any say? Is this all been wound up like a clock and I'm just sort of going through the motions? And if so, what's the point? And that's a valid question. I think that it's especially valid because we live in a world where you're supposed to be in control of every moment. And the idea that you don't really have a say is troubling. It makes me think of sinners in the hands of an angry God. Ooh. Which, you know, you read in late middle school, early high school. Why in the world, Jonathan Edwards? What's wrong with you? Yeah, I got it. But anyway, the idea is is that at any moment, God's just going to... You're you're in the hands of God at any moment. He just can just drop you. Yeah, and not only are you in the hands, but you're yucky. You're, you're yucky. like a spider. You're gross. And he, right. it's just because he can put up with the ickiness of you that he doesn't drop you into the fire. Right. Lord have oh, mercy. Lordy. Literally. Yeah, right? But it just speaks to that you don't really have control. So there's that one version of it mm-hmm. where you have, it's the predestination, the no control, you're just floating along and you're the feather in Forrest Gump and yeah. wherever you're going to land, you're going to land. And it's just, that's, that's just how it's going to... Box gonna... of chocolates. Right. Because that really is a very sweet story of predestination, kind of. It's not really... If you really, if you really, really look at it and kind of unpack that, it's, it's a sweet story of like, oh yeah, just on the surface it's, oh, go with the flow, mm-hmm. but not really. Yeah, and the thing is, that's half of the story. Right, exactly. But anyway, I digress. But you have the other part of free will that is saying, okay, I have to control everything in my life, which is what we we see in unity. Well, in our culture, we it's, it's a cultural thing. We idolize people who seem to have a bead on every part of life. And I got to say, it's also a very unity thing to say. If it is to be, it's up, it's up to, to me. me. Right. And I am... A co-creator with God. A lot of times people forget that co-part, by the way. And they read about halfway through The Secret or whatever book is in vogue in that moment. And they decide that I am going to make my good happen. And it's all on me. And that is a tremendous amount of pressure. And the thing is, both versions of that, whether you're a leaf on the wind, and that's it, Mm -hmm. or whether you are just forcing by the the, sheer willpower to everything to happen... Both of those things are half right, but also half wrong because they won't get you to where you want to go. What we say is in peace on purpose. And those are the two parts of the story. First of all, be at peace with the fact that there's something bigger than you, that God has a better idea, but it's still an idea. You have to do something about it. That's the on purpose part that goes with the in peace part. You have the fuel, but you still got to burn it in your engine. You still got to go and, and do something about it. And the, the way to understand that, that's a lot of big concepts, but the way to understand that is something that we've said before. And that is that there were people who hung around with Jesus and didn't get it. Think about that. That's how free you are. You are free to not get it. 
Free will is absolutely part of this. There's a great quote in Charles Fillmore's book, Prosperity, which, by the way, everyone should own and read. It will change your life, Prosperity by Charles Fillmore. But there's a part in it where he talks about don't think about fear and lack. Don't let that unhappiness and that separation uh, be what you talk about and what you think about. Because otherwise, here's the quote, omnipotence itself will not be able to put a dime in your purse because the purse strings are too tight. You know, omnipotence itself won't be able to do that. That's the quote. And I love that because in other words, you are so free as a child of God that you can say no to all the good there is. And I know for a fact from past experiences, there have been times when I was just so stubborn about how it was supposed to work out that I missed something amazing. There are times when I just wasn't ready for it and everything in between. But you are absolutely free. But here's the thing you don't have a choice about. You are going to grow. You are going to grow. You can't help it. You can't ungrow. You can't unthink a thought. You can't really unlearn something that's true. If you can forget it, it ain't true, you know? And so you're going to grow. The choice you have is easy way or hard way. Let's let ourselves off the hook. You know what? I've learned some things the hard way, so be it. Thank you, God. Sure. No choice I think we have that. to I think we have to be grateful for any time we learn anything, regardless of how it comes to us. Yeah. But that leads me to a question. So do you have a miracle story that you have had your own I have one okay but I want to I want to see let's hear yours do you have but do you have one of course yeah yeah let's let's do let's well I I've got several I've got a billion of them but just like just like I want I just want one that totally maybe a more recent one for you well maybe not so recent although I've got some of those too but I can tell you for sure that one of the one of the things I think about a lot is when I was very small, my parents had a church in Iowa, in the middle of nowhere in Iowa. And there's there's a whole bunch of stories there. I'd love to tell all of the stories about that. But they, they decided that Iowa wasn't the place to be. And there were two churches that they were interested in. And one of them was here in St. Petersburg, Florida. And one of them was in Syracuse, New York. And my dad flew out to Syracuse to try out at that church and he really liked it and it went really well but he came back and he said you know something didn't feel right about that and so we ended up going to St. Petersburg Florida and Jenny you and I met in Florida many years later but we found out that at the time my dad was in Syracuse you were living in Syracuse too Mm -hmm. and so my point is I know for a fact that we were supposed to be together. We would have bumped into each other. But the miracle of that is weren't ready. Right. And that's okay. And that doesn't sound like a big deal. It doesn't sound like the sea's parting. But you know what? It's still a miracle. The miracle is every moment of, oh, okay, I don't know best. The miracle is, like I said, I breathed today. I woke up this morning. The miracle is, man, oh man, I was being such a fool about X, Y, and Z, and now I'm not. My miracle story, uh, no big surprise, um, surrounds food. <laughs> and it happened this last October. And I'm sure you're, you, were, you were right there with me to experience the miracle. Do you know which one I'm talking about? You know, I've had so many food miracles just today. <laughs> That's great. No, do you know which, really, do you know which one I'm talking about? No. Okay. We were supposed to feed 50 people. And we oh, went. Oh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. We went to, we had ordered it, went seamlessly. We were getting, we had catered Tijuana Flats. Yeah, we were doing a service project at a church. At a church. In Orlando. Uh-huh. And this was during one of our teen retreats. And we had a bunch of kids and, and adults. And the idea was we had to go to. Tijuana Flats and pick up the food for everybody. 
Right. So it's a and they had order. been right, and they had been they're thirsty, they're hungry, they had been working outside, weeding it's Florida, and painting. So even though it's October, it was still, it was still blazing you know, hot outside. Right. right. And so it was it was important for us to get the food back. And the staff there was really wonderful. They had everything prepared. In fact, they gave us extra. They gave you and I free drinks and they're like, "What else can we get you?" And as we are getting ready to check out and pay them. Yeah, the manager is like, well, you can't pay because our computers are down. The entire system went down. We got nothing. Everything. Can't. They can't do anything. We can't leave with the food. Nothing is going on. So we're like, we have half of the food now packed up. Now, this is food for 50 people. I want you to keep that in mind. So we have half of the food packed in the vehicle. The Jeep smelled good for a long time after that. It smelled like yummy tacos. But so I'm like, all right, well, we can't leave this. Either the hot stuff is going to be cold and the cold stuff is going to be hot and it's going to be gross. And now I'm thinking salmonella with the chicken and the beef and everything else. And so, yeah, so all these pictures of, oh, my gosh, how we're going to do this. And... I just had a moment of this will not do. And I saw you do it because I'm I'm the dad and I went into, okay, how can we fix this mode? And I was in that level of perception and I saw you not freak out. I saw you stop and close your eyes and breathe and it For was... For a good minute yeah, and I a was, half. I and I was just like, this is not going, this is not okay. People, it was a it was a loaves and fishes moment, <laughs> honestly. And and I was like I was like no, this is not the way that this is going to go down today. Mm-hmm. And I will not. This is not acceptable. Amen. It is done. Yeah. And I literally I opened my eyes, and thirty seconds later they like we don't know what happened, but we can accept we can accept everything. And Everything's go. good. We're good. Food was still hot. Everything was good. We got back in time. But I think for me, that was like God is here and he was in the Tijuana Flats. And I have no doubt in my mind that that is what went on, that I was just not, it was unacceptable and it was just not going to happen. And it was such a beautiful example of a miracle. But But again, if you're not paying attention you miss those opportunities. Well, and you and can I tie that's... yourself in a knot and, and get mad. And and that's the free will part of it. Mm-hmm. What you do about it, yes. that is absolutely part of it. I also like to think that, you know, there was this beautiful moment. I knew that you were in the silence. I knew that you were working on this. You were in prayer. No question. And by the way, if you can't pray wherever you are, think about what you think about God. Okay. But nobody else knew. I just know you. You know, so I knew what you were up to. But remember that movie Blazing Saddles? It's a movie that we watch. I know it well. Yeah. Oh, man. We've watched that a million times. But uh, in, in our first apartment, before we could afford cable, we just had a TV and a VCR. So all we could watch was what was on the, the... And we had a videotape of Blazing Saddles. And we watched that. It was a tape. That's how long ago it was. But anyway, it's one of our movies. But the, the minister, the town preacher in that movie, there's a few times where he makes these big prayers, like right before something important is going to happen. He's like, oh, Lord, will you please? Da, da, da. And it all it is is an annoyance and an interruption. And it's that I know that they're doing it for a different kind of comedic effect, but there's also a spiritual lesson there. Are you praying to just get in everybody's face about it? Right. Or is it really for God and you or is it just for other people to see how spiritual you are? And so I love the way that you did that. And I got to say, Jenny, looking at it from the outside, I felt it click. You know, I really did. And the thing is, does this seem like a small miracle? Yeah, but you know what? Life is made out of small miracles. Get okay with that. Or like I said before, you're never going to get the big ones if you can't understand that there's little ones going on around you. We build our capacity for this stuff. I said it before. I'm going to keep saying it again. And I saw it and I felt it. There's these moments of, you know what? I got out of the way. There's these moments of, okay, God. And just like you said, free will is, what are you going to do about it? The why and the what happens next and even the what to do is usually out of your hands. That's not your department. 
I didn't know how it was going to go down. I didn't know what we were going to do. I I had thoughts of, well, maybe they'll just let us take a rain check and take our word for it. I was going to give and, the guy my watch. Yeah, you know, something. I was like, oh, whatever. Here, hold yeah. this for a little while. Here's here's my credit. Here is my credit card. I will be back in an hour. Yeah, and so it's you like know, there was, but but I didn't have the solution in that moment. Um, but I I was like, all right, it's not up to me. I'm not in control of this. But I got to get this done because there are people waiting and this is, this was, it was imperative at that moment. So you use your freedom to get to that place where you let go. Yeah. You use your freedom to be open and receptive. And the example that I love is there's, there's two, two moments that to me are, are very closely coupled. There's that quote by Henry Ford who said, if I would asked people what they wanted, they would have asked for a faster horse mm-hmm. instead of a car. It's a famous quote. People have seen that before. In other words, if you keep going along your lines, you're, you're just going to get more and more of what you already expect. What you want is something beyond your expectations. And you can't think yourself there. Mm-mm. It's about openness, not forcing something. And I also think about how that applies to that great moment in the Ten Commandments when... Uh, Moses and the Israelites are there at the shores of the Red Sea. And they're, uh-oh. You know, yeah, Pharaoh's what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And the thing is, if Moses had been in charge of that, well, think about what you would do if you were in charge of that. The solution probably would have involved boats. Right. You know, or something like that. And because that's going along the current line of reasoning, you get to that place. But it's not your solution. It's God's solution. And that intuitive breakthrough, if that's what you want to call it, that miracle, if that's what you want to call it, that paradigm shift, I don't care what you call it. But the point is, it is about getting out of the way. How you get there, that's on you. So that's a long way around of saying this. The story of your life is unwritten. But God has given you everything you need to tell it. So make it a good one. That's the balance. That's how free will works. Use your freedom to serve something bigger than yourself. Let it tell you what you want to do, what it wants to do. And you too can have a taco miracle. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's move into... um, the question part of our podcast. We and call that's, this Listen Up. Yeah, we call it Listen Up. And I have a question from uh, somebody that just wanted us to use their initials, BW. Thank you, BW. And uh, the question is, people at my church have been telling me it's all in divine order whenever I share the hardships I'm going through right now. It doesn't always make me feel good, what is divine order and how do I deal with it? And I got to tell you, I am so grateful to talk about this. This is one of those things. People sometimes, and BW obviously goes to a unity church. I've never heard that phrase divine order outside of unity. But I got to tell you, it's just another, for some people, the way that it is often used and if I may, misused, people use it as another way of saying, oh, well, God's will which is another way of saying shut up. Well, yeah, or tough. Tough luck. Tough yeah, that's luck. the way the cookie crumbles. That's another yeah. it's another version of this. It is really a pet peeve of mine that the the whole divine order thing really is it gets under my skin how much it is misused. Yeah, and I, let's be clear. The phrase divine order actually means something wonderful and helpful and I, we'll talk about that in a moment. But it is often misused as a cudgel. You know, tough luck. Deal with it. You know, divine order, which is another, you know, that's the Lord works in mysterious ways, so buck it up. You know, that's it's no fair. It's also used as an excuse to not do anything. Oh, well, I don't know. It's just, I guess it's just in divine order that I wasn't supposed to do that. Yeah, put up with it's, it. Yeah, it's it's to for it's an excuse for inaction it's an excuse to put up with it's an excuse just to um pass the buck frankly well sure and i also someday we need to have a show about victimhood 
because sometimes divine order is used to, well, it was just divine order that I did this awful thing to you. Why'd yeah. you burn down my house? Oh, well, well that was divine it order. Was divine no, order. you did this. You know, <laughs> right. going back to the freedom thing, right. you used your freedom to do a dumb thing, and I am not going to just take it. That's not what divine order means. Because that kind of divine order sounds an awful lot like the predestination that we say. don't believe in. It wasn't God's plan for that, you know, for you to burn my house down or step on my foot. Or whatever it is. That's not how this works. There's no blueprint for life like that. That's not how this goes. So, let me be very clear, DW. The people who say divine order, their hearts are in the right place. They're trying to help you cope with something. If you're sharing something that's on your heart and they say that, they're trying to be helpful. So, so you know, even if it's a Job's comforters kind of a situation... Let's approach it with thanksgiving. Let's say, you know, I'm grateful that you're trying. Thank you for that. We're all trying and we're all getting better at it all the time. Divine order doesn't mean that you have to put up with stuff that hurts. In fact, no part of this journey means putting up with stuff that hurts. Quite the opposite. What we're here to do is grow beyond it, to to move past it, to get to the place where we heal the hurts. We get over it. We don't follow the dysfunctional pattern. We get done with whatever it was that was hurting us over and over again. If you got a pebble in your shoe, you stop and you take it out. And it could be that that irritation is what you needed to take a moment. To find a better way to walk, just to beat the metaphor into the ground. The divine order part is that, just like we said before, you're going to grow. That is the order of the universe, that we evolve, that we grow. The divine order is that no matter what, eventually, and once again, the time it takes is the time it takes for you to agree with God, eventually love wins. Truth will, will out. The good stuff shows itself. That's divine order. The fact that you grow is divine order. That's the plan. Divine order is not supposed to be used as an excuse for just deal with it. Instead, we can say divine order, it should be a synonym for God has a better idea for you. And it can and it should be used to help cope. Because in other words, you know, I'm sorry that those things or relationships or situations, whatever that were so important to you, they're gone now. I'm sorry that that happened. But maybe we can get to a place together where we were okay with that because whatever that was is gone and you're still here. So the divine order is that we have now the opportunity to look at a more honest version of you, a version of you without whatever that was that isn't really a part of your identity. And that can be a tough lesson, but the divine order is you just got closer to that unbeatable, unstoppable, unkillable, untouchable part of yourself. And I'm sorry that, that, that the bad stuff had to happen, the unfortunate moment, the heartache had to happen for that whatever it was to go away. But if that's what it took, then so be it. The divine order is that brilliant light in you has to shine. Easy way or hard way. The divine order is should be a way of saying, you know what, let's trust the process and I'm here, let's, let's, let's hug it out, let's move forward. I'm here as a loving presence. I'm not telling you tough luck. I'm telling you, thank you God for the hard stuff too and now let's figure it out together. Well, I think the way that I use uh, divine order is I have a plan. Mm. I'm executing that plan to the fullest that, of my ability and where I want it to go roadblocks keep going up in front of whatever I'm trying to do and I go around them or I try to figure it out and and I'm trying to go through and for whatever reason when that something just cannot happen and I have exhausted everything that I know how to do I think that's when I step back and say okay this is not for me to do and this is in divine order yeah it's not an excuse for inaction I think that it you, should I never think, be. I think that you must go forward and you must think about it. Um, however, there comes a point where if you have exhausted every resource that you have 
in a particular area. And you come to a place of trust. And you come to a place of either trust or surrender. Either either well, a, a same, white, white flag in it, you know, yeah. that's okay too. Um, then that's the time to go, you know what? Divine order. Because I, it is it is not in my hands anymore. It is literally in the order of the divine that I don't know about. And again, that's when your miracles happen. Well, so it ties is, in really nicely. Yeah, the and the truth is that it was always in God's hands. It's just, if that's what it took for you to come around to knowing it, okay. Knowing the thing that was always true. It seems to be the theme for tonight is the time it takes is the time it takes for you. And so let's get to the place where we go, you know what? I guess that was the time it took for me. And that's the way I had to do this. And I'm going to just say thank you. I'm not going to stop. Far from it. That's the test. If you say divine order and what you're saying is shut up, let's talk about something else. Mm -hmm. If it's dismissive or an excuse for stagnation, that's not the way the word is supposed to be used. The phrase rather. Instead, it should be the beginning of a new course of action. Divine order is what you ought to say at the beginning of a new way of doing things. So what if it took you a while to get there? Okay, fine. Okay, I'm going to tell you a secret of something that I do and I don't even know okay, if you know Okay, you know, know that... we're being recorded, right? Yeah, yeah. But, um, and it's pa- admittedly passive aggressive of me. Okay. But whenever anybody comes at me and does the dismissive divine order, mm-hmm. I do the, well, bless your heart. <laughs> I, I've seen you do that. But now and everybody knows in, it. In the, well, so if you ever hear me, well, bless your heart, you know exactly what you've done. So well, just... Fair warning, because that's basically like, you know what? Why don't you shut up? Yeah, because I'm not, I'm not taking that from you. Well, right. the thing is, saying that makes me think blessings. Makes me think of the other dismissive phrase that people have probably grown up with, and that's when somebody says, "Count your blessings." Usually, parents say that to kids. In other words, shut up, or I'll give you something to cry about, kind of a thing. Count your blessings because you might not get any more. Right. Well, let's... or calm down. Yeah. In the history. Of people telling other people to calm down, it has never, ever worked. Yeah, exactly. But when when I say count your blessings, let's turn that around. Let's take that back. Let's own that. Because here's what it ought to mean. Count your blessings, not because there might not be any more, but rather because, like we've said, we build our capacity to receive. So count your blessings because when you really recognize that every moment is a blessing, you open the door to participate, not to receive, although that's part of it, but more importantly, to participate in the blessings continuing, to take an active role in the flow of life. So count your blessings, not because you're not going to get any more, but because life is a blessing. In other words, count your blessings ought to be used to say, wake up and play the game with us. Dance this dance. Be a part of this. And let's have divine order mean the same kind of thing where it's not tough luck, but rather, you know what? God's in charge of this. Let's find a way of carrying that trust into action. No matter how we got to this place of trust, whether we started there or whether it was a moment of absolute surrender, doesn't matter. Here we are. And so let's go, you know what? There is a divine order and everything, and it ain't my job to understand how this works. The universe doesn't fit between my ears. It is my job to go do the next thing. Well, to that I say it is divine order that we move to the next segment. Well, bless your heart. next part is our check it out part and that's where we talk about what's coming next and and there's a few things once again just as we said at the top of the show we were on the yes and podcast and when this comes out it'll be the following episode of the yes and podcast so you have a 
depending on when you pick this up, you have a couple of days to go find it. And once again, the website is liveyesand.com. Look for the Yes And podcast on iTunes or wherever. Also, once again, the guy doing it, great guy. His name is Travis Thomas. So you've got plenty of information. Google is your friend here. Find that. And obviously, we'll put some links up on our website. Right. You when know, it when it's available, you'll be able to find it on Unity Society. Yeah, unitysociety.com and so on and so forth. So check that out. We're really excited about that. You're going to be speaking uh, both services at 9.30 and 11.30 at First Unity Spiritual Campus on February 26th. It's a great service. Really, really good church service. So much fun. I love speaking there. It really feels like home and it's just such a great group of people. Everybody just, oh, so much fun. So that's firstunity.org. But as always... All of our events, if you go to unitysociety.com and you look go for the events link, you'll see all of the stuff that we're up to. So there's more details here as well. Um, and one of the things you'll see is that we're doing a, a branching in service and book signing at Unity of Gainesville, Florida. And that's coming up. We've talked about it before, but going to talk about it again. It, and that's uh, that's coming up pretty soon. That's in March. I think it's March 17th is the it date. It is March 17th. Absolutely. Looking forward to that. We also have our Youth of Unity annual spring gathering that's happening April 7th through the 9th. It is for teenagers 14 through 18 and for young and adults. for young adults and that would be from 18 to 25 and obviously they're separated and we have all kinds of events for for both age groups but um, if you're interested if you know of anybody that age that could benefit from being around an awesome group of spiritual teens, the information is on the website. Events.iamunity.org is where you can go to register. Registration is open right now. It'll be open until the end of March. There you go. And uh, once again, please find us at unitysociety.com. That's where you can find out about all of this information. There's links to everything else in the world that we're doing. And obviously, you can find this podcast there at uh, unitysociety.com, but also iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, SoundCloud, and so on. Also, you can follow us on social media. The fa- Our Facebook is The Unity Society, along with our Twitter handle, which is at The Unity Society. And, and again, the Instagram is at The Unity Society. <laughs> My personal Instagram is at Jenny A. Randolph. And I'm on Instagram as Dieter underscore Randolph. And Twitter, um, I'm just at Dieter because that's how I roll. But come and find us and send your questions, comments, concerns. We'd love to hear from you. So, Dieter, let's uh, wrap it up. You know, we take turns introducing segments a lot, but I always want you to do that because it's so wonderfully hokey when you say I that. I, adore I love it. it. Here's the thing. Yes, absolutely all things are in divine order. Of course, that's how this works. The laws of the universe are the laws. They don't get broken. The good news is the law is love. We are absolutely all in this together in every sense of that. Find ways to celebrate the love that just fills you. Figure out, well, what would love do in this situation? How would that look? Let's be the kind of people who don't identify with the problem anymore, but rather find a way to identify with the solution. I think a lot about that. I I think about saying, what would love do? You know, you can have a hero. For me, the hero is Jesus. What would Jesus do? But sometimes it's hard to identify with. So we'll get back to the quality. I think about uh, reading that Albert Einstein hit upon the theory of relativity by saying, okay, if I was in an elevator that was going the speed of light, what would that feel like? What would that look like? In other words, what does the solution look like? So if the law of the universe, the unchanging law is love, ask yourself, what would love do in this situation? Let's get our ideas and ego stuff out of the way. Let's use our will to serve the will of God, the will of love in that situation. Like we said before, the story of your life is unwritten, but make it a good one because you have what it takes to change the world. 
The Unity Society podcast is recorded at Pinfeather Studios. And our sound engineer is the handsome and strong Raina Randolph. She's also in charge of the music. She's one half of the music that you hear on this podcast. The other half is the uh, lovely and talented Miles Randolph. We are solely supported by you. And what that means is you're the reason why we do this. And the way that you can continue supporting us is... Let us know how we're doing. Tell your friends about it. There's everywhere you go on unitysociety.com, there's links where you can share it, you can email it, you can tweet it, you can whatever it. Please do that. Please like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash the Unity Society and click that like button so that you can pay attention to what's going on that way. We have an e-newsletter where you can follow what's going on. There's a lot of ways where you can share, you can tell your friends, you can stay on top of what's going on. And really, 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 the most important thing you can do is go wherever you went to find this podcast, whether that's iTunes or Stitcher or TuneIn or Google Play or Amazon Alexa or SoundCloud or any one of a million different podcatchers. That's what they call that, podcatchers, by the way. Cool word. Any one of a million different podcatchers. Go wherever you find this podcast and go write a positive review. Give us some stars there because it really helps us get heard and that's what keeps our fires burning around here. Thank you for listening. And have a week full of miracles.